Welcome back to the Soul Inspiring Business Podcast. Today, we're talking about how do you have more sovereignty when it comes to protecting your wealth and what does it take to create true financial freedom? To help us answer these questions and more, I'm thrilled to invite MC Lobsher to the show. MC is the host of the popular Cashflow Ninja podcast and founder of Producers Wealth, which helps business owners operate a cash flow management system known as the infinite banking concept. There's a reason that wealthy families keep accruing more wealth generation after generation. And the mission of the Cashflow Ninja is to bring these strategies to the everyday investor. It's to help people like you achieve self-reliance, sovereignty, independence, and freedom through actionable education. It's to empower you to build and protect wealth during turbulent times and also help you achieve freedom of money, time, relationships, purpose, which ultimately allows you to live your legacy, maximize your impact on your family, community, and the world today. This was a super inspiring conversation for me personally, and I hope it resonates with you in the same way. And it all starts now. I'm Kara, and welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. I believe that all of us possess unique gifts and talents that allow us to serve the world and our own growth in the highest possible way. Our lives are an expression of our thoughts, beliefs, and actions. And here, we will explore businesses, thought leaders, and topics designed to inspire, helping propel your own growth so you can live your best and most purposeful life. Welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast today. I am super excited to be joined by our guest, MC Lobsher. Um, You've heard the intro, so you know he is an amazing financial guru, creative wealth strategist, um, has his own podcast, the Cashflow Ninja podcast. If you're familiar or if you're not, you should definitely check it out. Um, But I'm super pumped to have him join us today. Um, He was introduced to me by a friend. Uh, and then I started really digging into his work and just really couldn't wait to have the conversation. Um, so welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Yes. Well, and me too. And it's certainly very timely right now because as we were just talking pre-show about you know some of the really the reasons why we do the what we do, which is to create um to help people create freedom in their lives and, you know, to have more sovereignty over their, their life and their business and their wealth. So I know that that's what you're all about. So I'd love to hear in your own words, just kind of a little bit of background on your story, how you were called to this work um, and um, you know, and what you're doing right now to really help people create freedom in their life, freedom with wealth. Absolutely. So I'm originally from South Africa. I came to the United States in 2001. So can you believe it's, it's, it's time flies when you're having fun, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and I grew up in, in South Africa during a very interesting time in the country's history where they change systems of government. Um, where, you know, uh, when I was a young man, I saw the country go from a totalitarian um, apartheid regime and transferred over to where, where they have elections. And then I ki- kind of witnessed the country being then kind of taken over by Marxists. So I've, I've seen, I've had a, I've had a, I've had a, a ringside seat to, uh, to very interesting times. And I remember as a young man, uh, what had a profound impact on me was I, 
I lived during a time where there was so much uncertainty. Nobody knew what was going on and what the future was going to be. And I remember everybody was very uncertain. Um, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of panic. There was a lot of hysteria. No one knew what was coming next. Um, and this, is a, this had a huge impact on me because I, I, I started to see that in an environment like that, um, it, it turns into a pressure cooker. There's so much misinformation. There's so much um, confusion in the marketplace and so forth. So, And I also saw that the country went from, um, you know, we all think in narratives. I always share this term narratives, right? We humans think in terms of narratives. We, we have forever. I mean, since, since we were just, out, uh, you know, sitting around a fire telling stories. That's how we think. That's how our... Our worldview is is shaped and and molded. Um, so the narratives that was was prevalent in the society at the time all of a sudden completely collapsed. Um, and then new narratives emerged, and they were kind of saying, "Well, everything that you've known your entire life was kind of not how it actually is, or the truth." Here's the new narratives and the new truth. So what they did for me is um, I became. Um, you know, a critical thinker very early on. Uh, I remember being, you know, 13, 14 during that time thinking, wow, like I will never ever just accept anything on face value ever again. I will try to understand, uh, digest the information, listen to different viewpoints, critically analyze it and come to my, my own, my own conclusion. So, and I've applied that to all areas of my life and, and especially in the world of, of, of money and investing. Um, so that had a profound impact on me and shaped me as an as an individual growing up during those times. And I think, you know, where I will share where this is going is I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time to be able to help a lot of people when it comes to um, the world of finance and the world of investing, because that's essentially what we're experiencing right now, where the entire world is moving from uh, one system or systems that it op has operated on to transferring over to new systems that it will operate on in the future. Um, but yeah, in 2001, I came to the United States after uh, a very, very interesting, uh, uh, well, just a very interesting upbringing in South Africa. Um, I did a degree in economics and history. Uh, when I came to the United States, I was just incredibly um, just excited to see this amazing country. I mean, I... I was I, I was fortunate enough to have traveled quite a bit uh, to other countries, and when I came to the U.S., I just couldn't believe what the environment here. I mean, uh, I've never seen such upward mobility available to anyone. I mean, all you need to do is come here, bring your, uh, give it your best shot, bring your ideas, bring your work ethic, um, and that this. I mean, there's it's unlimited to what you can accomplish here, and that's why I think there's so many immigrants in this country that have come here with absolutely nothing that has amassed just incredible things and have done incredible things. Um, okay. You know, speaking of South Africa, we have another South African that's making a lot of waves here currently in the United States, Elon Musk. So you have all these, you have all these uh, immigrants and I can, I can see the, 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 the type of immigrant that'll, that'll come here and say, this is an incredible opportunity because, you know, at that stage I looked at the Americans and I f felt like, listen, if you were born here, you literally won the lottery mm -hmm. um, because of the yeah. opportunity that's available. 
Um, and I played in a sports league up here until 2007. That's kind of how I stayed here. And while I was traveling um, throughout the country, it was a, it was a national league. Um, and we also what traveled. What sport were you in? Just out of curiosity. Oh, uh, rugby. Oh, rugby. rugby. Okay, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I had a rugby scholarship <laughs> in university. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I started, started playing in a league here. Um, and it was just a, a great opportunity to meet people, travel. And as I was traveling, I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And then I you know, started reading The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin, which everybody should be reading right now. The book was written in the 90s. If you want to make sense of what's going on in the banking and the financial system, that book will, I mean, it's it, it was written 30 years ago, but it, it feels like it was written yesterday. Oh, I'm going to have uh, to check that one out. Yeah. Yeah. So I started reading um, and studying and so forth. And um, yeah, just started my career as an investor. So I bought my first uh, real estate property in 2001. Um, and you know, the at that stage, um, I, I t- put tenants in the property, they paid rent, kind of managed it, paid all the bills associated with it. And there was money left over at the end of the month. And I'm like, wait a second, this is quite incredible. Uh, cash flow, just like in the book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. This is the, by Robert Kiyosaki. This is great. How many times can I do this? And then, of course, school started. Um, and I've had a lot of uh, incredible ups and downs on my journey as a, as, a, as a business owner and an investor. Where I am today is I have a company called Producers Wealth. Uh, and we operate in 50 states and we help business owners and investors implement a cash flow management system, uh, which is known as the infinite banking concept. Um, and we use uh, a, a, str- a strategy uh, to where we show people where to warehouse capital efficiently so that they can deploy it efficiently into their business and to, into their investments. Uh, and then I also have a platform called Cashflow Ninja. It started as a podcast in 2016, uh, kind of a passion project where we talk about all things cash flow, uh, whether it's business, whether it is commodities, paper assets, real estate, crypto and blockchain. Um, and that podcast, um, in tw- which I started in 2016, and I could I could have never have dreamt what it's grown into. Um, you know, millions of downloads, 180 countries we're in. Um, it's turned into a educational platform where we have books, um, we have newsletters, and then we also have a have a mastermind. Um, I think the to answer one piece of your question too, how do I help people today? I feel like I can draw from the experience of uncertain times, times of disruption, times of that are quite chaotic, uh, times where the, the, there's a lot of fear, um, there's a lot of um, distrust, uh, and, and, you know, uh, just chaos in the marketplace. I can draw on my experience on that um, and bring that into finance and, in, and investing and help a lot of people in our, in our communities um, get through turbulent times, which we've, we're already in, um, and not just protect their wealth, but then also position themselves, their families, their communities, their business, and their investments to come out even b- bigger and stronger and better on the other side of this, um, and um, to multiply their their yeah. their wealth essentially. Well, and you know, it's interesting you talk about kind of having that experience from a young age as to questioning things and it, it causing you to kind of be that critical thinker, and I think that's what. I mean, quite frankly, we've, you know, with COVID and then now some of you know, the bank failures, it, it's, I think 
the past few years, it's interesting. You had that experience. For me, it was COVID that brought that out, that there was yep. so many different um, things we were being told. And so it was like, how do you know what to trust anymore? You know, how do you know what information is real, what is not? And, you know, and then having to really research things and figure out, you know, not just, you know, from a health perspective, but everything, right? Like everything we've ever been told, like what is real and what is not, because there's always a motive behind the information you're receiving. And so you've got to filter it by, okay, you know, what is really best for for me, for my family? And I think that for a lot of people that has really happened um, and that sort of awakening. And so, you know, again, now with just as this as of this recording, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, you know, just failed within the past um, several days. And so, you know, what does that mean? And, you know, I think the the as we kind of started this conversation and and from what you're saying, too, it's really about I think these the podcasts that I've created, the Soul Inspiring Business podcast and the real estate show are really educational to try to help people figure out that path for them to help people figure out, you know, now that I'm uh, have this kind of awakened sense of, okay, I do need to maybe take more control over what I can do for my business, for my money, for my wealth, then what uh, what's next? Like, how do I do that? Right. So, um, so thanks for sharing. And I think that, you know, I love the mission that you're on. Um, it's really a passion of mine too, to help people, um, you know, see that for themselves and see something bigger, you know, for what they're able to create for not to just accept what they've been told, but to realize, as you said, we're in an amazing time, um, in an amazing country that allows us the ability to really create what we want. Right. And so then it's being clear on what, what do we want to create? And then, you know, next big thing is, and then how, like, how do I, how do I get there? So, when you when you start working with people and they come to you and they say, gosh, now I believe you, like now I see it, you know, what do I do? What's your first step? Right? It's a loaded yeah. question. It's a big question. Yeah, it's a very good one. So I want to sit the table on that quickly and just comment on two of the things that you shared that is that is very, very important. So the first thing that you mentioned was that there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of narratives which are driven by agendas. And I think a lot of people have started to realize that, right? Um, and this presents a, a marketplace right now, which we all live in, where there is such a massive information gap. I mean, this is the biggest I've seen in my lifetime. And I know I'm only 44 years old, but I've, sp I've, I've spoken to folks much older than than I am, and, and one of my mentors, and he said he's never seen anything like that, and he's he's in his late seventies. Um, and I mean, if you read through history, there are periods just like this almost every eighty to a hundred years, um, which this information gap that exists is actually a very big opportunity, because what we have is we have narratives that's not based on reality; they're based on agenda. Uh, agendas and most of it is ideology actually um and then you have reality and you know as this mentor says to me mc the world always catches up with reality 
right? It just always does. So unfortunately, you can um, have all these things that are very fictitious and very ideological driven, but in the end, the, you have to face and deal with reality. So um, that presents a huge opportunity because if we are focused on what is actually going on, we have the correct mindset, we have the correct data and information, um, and then we also have strategies, we have tactics, we have techniques, we have a community, um, and we also have the, 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 the right coaches and mentors. Um, I think 2020 was also a very big wake up for folks, you know, to see where what, what gurus were putting out there and now seeing how that kind of played out um, was very disappointing for a lot of people. So you have to make sure that you have the right folks. When you have those things in place, you can capitalize actually on an environment like this. And every, I said every 80 to 100 years, um, we're, we're in a time period like this. There's actually a book called The Fourth Turning, um, where they- What's that called? Sorry. Well, uh, the, the Fourth Turning. Um, the Fourth Turning. Okay. Yeah. So the, there's the book, The, Four, the Fourth Turning, and I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now quick on that. I think it's, uh, you know, I'm drawing a blank quickly on the, on the name of the authors. Um, <laughs> but the, the book, The Fourth Turning, in the book, the authors try to answer the question, why does history keep uh, uh, repeating itself? And why doesn't anybody seem to learn anything from history? I mean, the only lesson that we can learn from history is that nobody learns anything from history. Right. And, yeah. And, you see it play out all over the world, like the same conflict, the same. It's just, you know, and you were a history major, right? So yeah. exactly. <laughs> you're primed to talk about it. That's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. So and what they came up with is that there's cycles. Now, everybody's talked about cycles. And it's funny, somebody asked me the other day, do you believe in cycles? And I said, well, the sun comes up and the sun goes down. I guess that's pretty much a cycle. Uh, the seasons change. We've got four of them every year. I think that's a cycle. So I think the entire world, if you look at moon cycles and sun cycle, everything operates in our universe in cycles. And so does history. So what they determine is there, there is four seasons in every about 80 to 100 years. And what what these seasons go through is you have your winter, your really, really tough period um, where people need to be extremely hard, hard people, hard times, um, and new systems are born out of those hard times. Um, and that then leads to the spring where there's a little bit more optic, more optimism, which brings the summer, which is the boom period, the fun time, you know, the times that everybody remembers and looks at the pictures fondly. Uh, and then the fall comes again when it starts to get a little bit more tougher in the economy and the marketplace, and that leads into the winter. So what they determine is that to for those four seasons to hit, in, on a historical level, it takes about 80 to 100 years. Now, if you look at where we are now, about 80 to 100 years ago, we were in the Second World War that was taking place during that time. And everything changed. Um, 1944, with the Bretton Woods Agreement, the entire world monetary system changed. The banking and the financial system changed. The US dollar became the world reserve currency. Um, the US United States stepped out of the war as as the, the, the big um, superpower. And if you go... Um, you know, if you if you if you go eighty to a hundred years before that, you had the Civil War in the United States. Wow, 
Yeah. You know, if you go 80 to 100 years back before that, you had the Revolutionary War in the United States. And what they talk about the book in the fourth turning is this winter where all these, the, the chaotic environment, everything kind of came, comes together. And after that, and during that time, a new kind of world is, is born out of it. And there's new systems and, and that, that, that springs from it. So we're now in, in on course to the winter, the, the uh, peak of the winter the one that we're currently in was predicted in 2025 in this book. So that just sets the table to just to give people idea, this is what you're operating in. There are cycles. I mean, um, we've all seen uh, these um, quotes, uh, hard people create, yeah, hard times create hard, pe uh, hard people, right? Um, right. Easy, great times create like, you know, softer kind of people. So we're 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 in we're in a process where it's gonna it's gonna be very hard for folks that don't don't realize what what's happening. And we've gone through massive changes historically, but we've never go, uh, gone through changes at the speed at which we're currently going through. I'll give an example: AI. The rollout of AI in the past two months. I don't think people understand the impact of this yet on our world. You know, the World Economic Forum looked uh, that uh, at, what is it um, eighty five million. Uh, jobs are going to be wiped out by AI, AI or replaced by AI by 2025. That's wow. 20, 21 months from now for anybody that's counting. Right. Um, so that's very, very quick. It's, a, it, it's, a, it's a, at a speed which we've never seen before. We went from the agricultural age to the industrial revolution, the first industrial revolution. I mean, it happened. It was a massive change, but it didn't happen at the speed at which is happening. So bringing that together so you have these cycles, you have to understand where we are. Then you have to understand the changes that are happening right now that are very disruptive. How this will manifest itself is in the economy. And, and it will manifest itself politically too. It's, you know, we live on an economic planet. It always manifests itself politically, but actually the underlying things is, is what's happening in the economy. Um, so yeah, so there we're, I look at this, I'm a very optimistic person that there's going to be incredible opportunity here. So when yeah. folks start to reach out to us and say, what do I do first? The first thing is you have to understand what's going on and you need the correct mindset. You need a mindset um, of, a, of this anti-fragile person. You need to really be mentally very, very, very tough because mm -hmm. it's not going to be easy and you need to work on, you, you need to work on that mindset every single day. Because it's easy from a mindset perspective to get sucked into the doom and gloom and fall into that scarcity mindset where if you look at all of these massive uh, dangers and challenges that are in the marketplace as opportunities, well, now all of a sudden you have a mindset of abundance. Then you have to need the, you need the correct data and information, as I mentioned. So yeah. unfortunately, you're going to have to pay for it. It's not going to be available in the media for you. Unfortunately not. Uh, they're there to misinform you, actually, <laughs> yeah. in mainstream media. Um, so you're going to need that. And then strategies, tactics, and, and techniques. So we have three pillars that we're looking at for strategies, tactics, and techniques. Okay. The first one is sovereignty. You know, the second one is freedom. And the third one is legacy. So um, everybody, freedom is great. I'll get to freedom in a second. But I think what a lot of people realized what that they might have been free, right? Freedom of time, money, relationships, 
which then if you have those in place, it leads to your freedom of, of pursuing your purpose, your sole purpose. <laughs> but if you didn't have the sovereignty in 2020, you could have still had that freedom. You didn't feel like you were in control of anything, you know, if you weren't sovereign. So we have strategies that that we share for, uh, that, that empowers folks to be sovereign. And w- what does that mean? Decentralize from failing systems. So just think about all the systems that the world operates on. They're all in the process of collapsing. That's why there's so much. You feel like you're going from one crisis to another, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. All these systems yeah. are collapsing. So, for example, you know, the, the healthcare system, everybody can see that now. That is completely collapsing. So what can you do? Well, there is a lot of opportunity in that space. The first thing is you have to get in the best shape mentally, uh, physically, and spiritually in, the, in, in your life and make, make healthcare a, your, your priority, you know, get, get in the best shape. Um, and then also, you know, invest in your health through that. There's a lot of holistic kind of medicine practices, homeopathic. I mean, the, the opportunities in that space, we, we've been seeing someone in the, the homeopathic space for, I don't know, a decade, try to get an appointment right now. <laughs> they can hardly, they can't get in. Yeah. Um, And that was a gift of COVID, I think, in many ways. It like woke people up that, gosh, like, you know, take care of your health. I know for even my husband and I, who are who are relatively like always healthy people, you know, even just the importance of really good supplements and good nutrition, because, you know, your diet is your medicine, like your food is medicine. Right. So um, anyway, so I couldn't agree more with you on on so much of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then. um Look at the things that we rely on. Let's start with your family, right? So energy. You know, when I mentioned um, that there could be grid, grid, grids going down, power grids going down, five years ago, everybody said, MC, you don't need, you, you need to retire your tinfoil hat and just get a tinfoil sombrero because this is kind of crazy. Now everybody's like, oh, yeah, the grids. I mean, we've seen grids go down. They go down all the time. When energy goes down, what do you have in place with regards to water, with food, and then also protecting your family and taking care of them? And then also your community. When you have all those things in place, you can help others. Um, So that's what I mean by decentralizing. And that's, again, bringing the South African perspective where my parents don't have electricity for 12 hours a day. Um, They have to have their own water source, you know, which is well watered. They have their own food system. They can grow their own food. They... The, uh, they have relationships with farmers in the area. A lot of people say, I can't grow my own food. I'm in the city or I'm in the, the suburbs. There's a lot of farmers just on the outskirts of city that you can develop relationships with. You know, so, so there's so many strategies to make sure that, hey, there's all these different things that I can do that, uh, to protect, but to become just decentralized from failing systems, which is the, is the food system. You know, when it comes to money and investing, it's the same thing. So we have a monetary system that's in the process of resetting. So how can you protect yourself from that? Well, there's many, many different things that you can do. You know, gold and silver is a great, has been money uh, for centuries. And by the way, the Bank of International Settlements uh, just reclassified gold from a tier three asset to a tier one. Um, The Bank of International Settlements is the, um, that is the central bank's bank, central bank, basically. So they are right at the the top when it comes to central banks. So what does that mean? Well, that means that gold is basically a cash equivalent on financial statements. Usually tier three assets, you can only list 50% of it. Now you can list 100%. So it's just like a treasury bond, which you have on your financial statements as a central bank 
or as a bank. So that was very interesting. The other thing that's very interesting during this banking failures um, and these uh, bank runs that we had was that Bitcoin kind of spiked too, um, because it's a competitor of the money in the banking system. You know, and then from a banking system standpoint, that's why we we I'm so passionate about infinite banking. Um, you can literally create your own banking system through infinite banking, where you have your money outside of the Wall Street casino in life insurance contracts st structured a very specific way, just like they do in family offices with uh, companies that have been around since the mid 1800s. The one carrier that we use, it's funny, uh, we asked the CEO how this carrier has performed during crisis, you know, times of crisis and war. And his response was, how far do you want to go back? The Civil War? I can tell you what we did during the Civil War. So that's wow. an institution that you can, it's outside of the system. They're mutual insurance companies. They're outside of the system. You can position capital there, which you can access easily and create your own banking system that way. So that, that's what I mean by sovereignty, right? To become sovereign, and, and, and there's so many different areas that we talk about how you could do that. And then on the freedom side is diversifying income streams. You know, your business, look at your business and then look at the blind spots. You know, is it just all coming from bricks and mortar? Well, if it, if it does, then in 2020, you had a problem. Mm -hmm. So if you had a digital um, side to that or a digital product in that business, then you could have, you know, you had a different revenue stream inside of that same business. Um, and then other assets outside of that, real estate, you know, whether it's multifamily, whether it's resorts, whether it is cell storage, whether it's mobile home parks, there's so many different avenues that you can diversify your income streams. So what I say to folks is, you know, you want to have as many income streams as possible based on real things and real businesses. Um, because if one income stream gets taken away, you're not completely out of luck which I think a lot of people realized in 2020, just how fragile it is to be dependent on one income source. Right. And when you have those things, you can work on legacy and love your legacy, you know, freedom, which, you know, your show is all about and, 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 and being sovereign. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, this is really impactful and I hope it's, it's, you know, helping our listeners see kind of a, a bigger, cause it, there's a lot more that goes into it, right? Like you said, I mean, it's just, First of all, the initial steps are just the sovereignty piece. Like if you can't source food, doesn't matter what's going on, right? Like you're not going to stay, you're not going to stay here that very long if you can't find food and water. So like, how do you create sovereignty, um, which then leads to freedom um, to be, you know, and creating freedom through different revenue streams and then creating legacy, you know, and how do you build legacy for to impact and help other people and for your family and all all the things. So um, that's incredible. And I feel like we could have a whole other show on like the infinite banking system and how to use that to buy properties within that. Um, I know you've mentioned that if, in the infinite banking system is something that you're really helping a lot of people that I know with as well. Um, could you just touch a little bit on that? And then I know we probably need to wrap up. Not that I want to, but yeah. um, we'll have to schedule a part two. Um, but uh, what does that mean, the infinite banking system, for people that haven't heard that term before or are curious to know a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, so what we do through the infinite banking system um, and how to create your own banking system is, is let's look at family offices for an example. And this is how I learned about this. 
So what family offices do is, and most of us in our economy, the families in there have a way to create income, capital. It's usually in their businesses. Then you have to position capital somewhere, and then you deploy it to invest into real estate for cash flow. Uh, and then you protect all of this, obviously, through tax strategy, through proper uh, asset protection and estate planning. And what infinite banking does is that's a strategy focusing on where you position the capital to protect it from wealth destroyers. So what are some of wealth destroyers? You know, taxes is a very, very big one. Market uh, drawdowns is a very big one. So what they what they do in family offices is they they put their money um, in a dividend paying whole life insurance policy with a mutual insurance company. It's structured very, very specific for high cash value. It's a savings vehicle. It's not just the life insurance piece. That's great. That's the, the added bonus. But they position their capital inside of these life insurance contracts. And I'm going to tell share just in a second, if you have done that, you wouldn't have panicked with any of this banking stuff going on. Um, and this is this is why they do it. It's with a mutual insurance company. It's inside of this policy, which the principal is guaranteed. The growth is guaranteed. The uh, You get access to dividends, which one of the carriers have been around since the mid-1800s have, have turned a profit every single year. Since 1847, you get to participate in that profit through a dividend. It's not guaranteed, but if you've done it since 1847 every single year, it's 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 pretty good. Um, so guaranteed growth, access to dividends, which is not guaranteed. This is all tax-free, by the way. All tax-free. Once the money goes in into premiums, which you don't deduct from taxes, now it's inside of the policy. It's tax-free. It's a private contract. Nobody knows you have it. It is asset protection in most states. So uh, the state that I live in and states like Florida and Texas Nobody can touch the cash value inside of that life insurance policy of yours, um, even if it's not inside of a of a of a of a trust. Um, and then also, you get to access the money at any given point of time through a life insurance line of credit. So you don't directly tap into the cash value and draw it down. You set up a line of credit, just like a HELOC. So what that happens is, let's just say you have $150,000 in your policy and you take out $100,000, you still have $150,000 growing tax-free, and you've now taken that $100,000 and you've invested, you know, and the policy loan rate is at the moment 5.7, and now you invested in real estate that's paying you, you know, 18 to 20%, let's just say, over five years. So your money's working in two different places simultaneously. You take the cash flow to just pay down your credit line, just like you would do with a ELOC and all the other things. Um, and then, of course, it's life insurance. So the death benefit is tax-free too. Gets paid out tax-free to your beneficiaries, which could be a trust. So people always ask me, how do these um, wealthy families and family offices, these multimillionaires and centimillionaires and so forth, how... And the Rockefeller family is a great case study. They, they even call it the Rockefeller strategy, where with every generation, the family's wealth just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because they have this strategy at the core of what they're doing from a cash flow management perspective. They put the money inside of the contracts. They don't care what's happening in the banking system. All these banks can fail. That's not a problem because the money is inside of these policies. They set up a credit line directly with the insurance carrier. 
um, and you know they use the money then to to invest into real estate. So the and with every generation, the wealth of the family then just gets swelled. And we have we share you know family strategies, family bank strategies, just like they do in in family offices where all family members have them. You know, both spouses, the children, and then eventually the grandchildren and so forth. So that's kind of infinite banking in a nutshell is you set up the system. Again, you decentralize yourself, you know, from the banking system. So when all this chaos was going on and people were afraid of bank runs, we, you know, we don't warehouse our cash in the banking system. We warehouse it in our own banking system with these, you know, mutual insurance carriers, like I said, that's been around since the 18, mid 1800s. Yeah. I love that. And you and I are going to have to talk just offline about how we can set these. I've been learning about this and and just been, you know, exposed to it over the past few years um, and now need to kind of do that for ourselves. But what I love about that um, that structure is that, as you said, it's protected. But then, you know, you can use that money to take a credit line and invest in other things. So if you want to invest in real estate, you, you know, if you're paying 5.7% on you know the interest on that money but then you're earning as you said 15 20% hell even you know 10 12% you're still earning a spread that's yep. higher while that policy continues to grow and pay dividends so it's it's kind of shocking that this isn't more out there right we talk about information and you know yep I'm curious from your perspective, like, why are these things not taught? How do people not know? About, I mean, I was a finance major in college. Um, none of this was ever talked about. So, yep. you know, curious what your thoughts are there. I have my own. Yeah, I think this is the the big uh, information gap. And there's a massive information gap between the 0.01% in the world and the rest of the population. Um and also, this is how this insurance is structured for these wealthy families and family offices. And then there's a different way that life insurance is sold to 99% of the population. So you you hear about life insurance, you know, and then you're, you're going to hear Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, all those folks. And by the way, the way that life insurance is sold to 99% of the people, I agree with most of what they say. They just don't tell you about, you know, uh, how does, uh, I don't know, banks, corporations buy life insurance? Most people are not even aware of that. It's called Boley and Coley Bank Own Life Insurance, Corporate Own Life Insurance. How do, why does, why do family offices buy as much life insurance as a life insurance carrier will underwrite on the family members? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes in life, and this is another thing that I've learned, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. Sometimes it's better to ask better questions than try to figure out, you know, or come up with all the answers right away. So when you just ask yourself that question, I don't understand, you know, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Well, why do family offices buy as much as life insurance carers will underwrite them? And the rest of the public is told it's terrible, it's bad, you know, buy term, invest the rest, if anything. And that's basically all that you're going to get. And that's that huge information gap between yeah. between and the advice that that a certain segment of the population, most people say 1%, I would even say it's 0.01%, and then the rest of the, the, rest of the, the population. But 
I've done this for, you know, over a decade of my own life. You know, we have a fa family bank set up. We, we practice what we preach. We eat our own cooking, as they say. Um, and it's, it's just been an incredible, um, vehicle for me personally to have at the core of, of what, what we're doing with our, with our family, with our, uh, businesses and with our investments. Well, thank you so much. I think it's, uh, you know, this is why I was so excited to have you on the show. Cause I think you're just kind of like, if you can, you know, at least ha have people questioning, you know, how, how can I do things differently or, you know, um, questioning some of, you know, how do I create more sovereignty in my life? Like, what are those things that I asking better questions, you know, all those things. So thank you so much just for your time, for helping, um, close the information gap just a little bit. <laughs> and, um, again, just really appreciate your, your time with us today. So if people want to learn more about you, you know, get involved in your community, you know, tell us more about how they can get in touch. Uh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. This is this has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, if they want to learn more about infinite banking, I actually uh, put together a 30-minute presentation uh, where I uh, try to pour as much as I possibly can into 30 minutes about infinite banking. It's at yourownbankingsystem.com. It's yourownbankingsystem.com. And if they want to see what we're up to in our community, and learn more about uh, books, newsletters, and also our mastermind where we talk, have these conversations every single week. Uh, they could check it out at cashflowninja.com. Awesome. Okay. And we'll definitely link those in the show notes as well. And as a reminder, you have the Cashflow Ninja podcast. So they definitely need to check that out too. And your book, which is the 21 best cash flowing investing niches. So we'll link all that in the show notes so that everybody can get in touch. And again, just, you know, can't thank you enough for your time. And we'll have to do a, a part two <laughs> for how so you much. can use that. Yeah, because there, there's a lot of different more directions I feel like we could go. But this was a great intro. So thank you again. Loved being here with you today and would love to connect with you more over on Instagram. My handle is linked to the show notes or you can just type in at Kara Chafin Donofrio. And I have something special for you as a free gift. My dynamic life journal. This special book has the power to really help you live a soul-inspired life. Go to freegiftfromcara.com. Easy to remember, freegiftfromcara.com. Until next time, beautiful people, sending all my love.